Good evening, dummies. Episode 268. Don't get offended that I called you a dummy. I will explain everything. It's going to be okay. We have a ton of people on. In fact, I think this will be one of my most important shows. At least to me it is. It is very personal. I spent a lot of time over the last three days writing it. Before we get to the show, I will show you a little intro of what my show is, who I am, and give you a little bit of self-promotion so you like, share, and subscribe and all that. And then we'll get to the show. I will have a fast-forward mark right up there of how you can fast forward to what second and begin the show if you want to. If you're impatient, if not, give it a watch. Tonight, we're talking about wreaths across across America. Harder to say than it is to love that company and what they do. A nonprofit who has given back to millions of veterans and they are under attack. I know people who work there. I know a lot of people in nonprofits and veteran community. And tonight, I am taking one gentleman to task. Stick with me. Hang around. And remember, I'll be right back. Hey, dummies, this is Matt from Don't Unfriend Me. What is a dummy? A dummy is a don't unfriend me. It's an acronym. It's not an insult. So if you hear me say it throughout the show, please don't take offense. Second, if you would do me a favor and like, share, and subscribe, you can find all of my sites, Facebook, YouTube, Apple, Instagram, all the podcasts you can think of, and Rumble, stop on by, say hello. It's at Don't Unfriend Me Show. I would greatly appreciate it. Last but not least, you can go to don'tunfriendme.com and follow my blog, all of my videos there. You can also hit the shop where I've got Don't Unfriend Me gear like this shirt that you can peruse and find something that you enjoy and support the show. All Made in America, 10% goes to Travis Mannion Foundation for every purchase, and veterans get a discount. So, Thank you. There's my quick advertisement. I'll play this before the show instead of doing it live, and hopefully it makes things go faster. Thanks, dummies. I appreciate it. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts. Right now. Good evening, everyone. Matthew Spear again. And let me tell you, I love my dummies. And you are all dummies. Hope you understand it's not an insult. It's a term of endearment. I have a lot of you on tonight. And let's get started with the show. Once again, extremely important. These are my opinions. There is a lot of fact, and you will understand how to discern between the two. But I want to make sure that everyone understands that this is a very emotional topic for me, and I will do my best to remain impartial. Thieves across America. I remember seeing a bracelet on my mother's wrist that I never saw before. I was inquisitive. I was a child. And more importantly, I wanted to have it for my own. It was silver in color and looked almost like a ringlet, but not quite since it didn't clasp or connect. It almost looked like the letter C as it was really hugging her wrist loosely. It had a series of numbers, a name, and some other engravings that I couldn't discern. The bracelet was never worn before, or it hadn't caught my eye until that very day. When I asked if I could try it on, she of course obliged and let me. It was a really huge item on my skeletal wrist, and I promptly handed it back. Something felt foreign about its weight. It didn't appear to be heavy, and as cold as it was, seemed off to me. When I asked my mom why she wore it, she explained that it was in remembrance of a prisoner of the Vietnam War, a POW bracelet to be exact, 
or POWMIA bracelet. It's a nickel-plated or copper commemorative bracelet engraved with the rank, name, and loss date of an American serviceman, captured or missing during the Vietnam War. The bracelets were first created in May 1970 by a California student group called the Voices in Vital America, with the intention that American prisoners of war in Vietnam would not be forgotten. My mother explained in infinite detail the aforementioned, but she was also saying a few other things that I will go ahead and talk about as best as I can recall. She said, I wear the bracelet to remember the person on the bracelet, and they've become a part of my life. Every night I pray for him to come home to his family, and it's very emotional for me. So I wear it when I need to think of someone other than myself. Every time I feel selfish or not worthy of God's love, I wear the bracelet. Does that make sense? She asked me inquisitively, and I probably said something haphazardly like, sure, whatever, can I have it? Oh, to be young again, and I think that really is my first memory of my mom I've ever shared with you that was somewhat positive. Like the bracelet, the yellow ribbon is displayed quite prominently in certain parts of America. We see them tied around trees on bumper stickers and before our eyes in all sorts of places. The yellow ribbons began appearing in large numbers after the Gulf War when we began sending large numbers of troops overseas to the Middle East. What is the history behind the display of ribbons, though? For a long time, ribbons have been kept as a symbol of remembrance of men and women who served in places far from home. They have been kept especially by wives, mothers, and sisters in times of war in memory of their soldier boys abroad. They are powerful symbols of the ties that bind. Many military medals have ribbons attached to them as well. Ribbons hold a very important place in the hearts and the culture of the people of Western Christendom. Young women in former times would tie ribbons in their hair, the hair being a symbol of spiritual covering. They would wear a ribbon in a pledge of faithfulness to one they love. In this, they would be telling the world that they are remembering someone. The young lady was set apart and not available for courtship. They are remembering or waiting for someone special. Right now, that special person had gone abroad and was not with them at the moment. But nevertheless, he was with them in spirit, and what's more, he will be back. He will be coming home to them someday. Until that day of his return, they will wait for him. He occupies a special place in their hearts. They will remember him with a display of a ribbon. And when people ask about the ribbon, they will tell others about the one who is being remembered. The human race can be quite amazing sometimes. And we are connected to our spirits and souls through internal dialogue or even by listening to that little voice inside us all. There's no need to go further than that. We can overcomplicate things with religion and denominations. Sometimes it is simple as listening to what we feel over what we think. And the next example is more of the same. Placing a burning candle in one's window is a common tradition that dates back to colonial times. Candlelight often evokes the warmth of home and family. The fireplace was center of family life in the days gone by, and thus the candle was generally lit from that fire. The candle was often placed in the window when a member of the family was also away. The lit candle was also placed in the window as a sign of good news or as a beacon to wary travelers. Candles also represented friendship and were seen as a sign of welcome to others. 
In early America, homes were often miles apart. The sight of a candle in a window from distance was a sign of welcome to those wishing to visit. Many people today only associate candles in the window as a Christmas tradition. But that isn't entirely true. Each night, a soldier, airman, marine, or sailor was away. Families all over the country would light a candle for each of their loved ones who were not present. This was never more impactful as when the fighting Sullivan brothers lost their lives in World War II. Yes, all five of them. Five candles lit in the window, all extinguished, never to illuminate again, all under one roof. A truly tragic display of loss and emptiness that could never be replaced. One family should never have to give so much. Today we have different ways to remember the fallen, the departed, the deployed, or for those no longer present. Some wear commemorative pins, some wear bracelets, some wear the burden closer to home, in the confines of their hearts. But alas, we all remember in our own way. It defies spirituality or monikers. It transcends dogma or rituals. We remember so we never forget, and we do what we can to always fulfill that vow. So when I heard the news about Reese Across America, I was not only curious, I was concerned. I have laid reefs in the gardens of stone, and I have seen friends lowered into their eternal resting place within its borders. I cherish the wreath-laying ceremonies, and we always try to help when and where we can. This year will be no different. When I began diving into the story, I was immediately reactionary and loathed the man that calls himself Michael Mikey Weinstein. Weinstein. I mean, it is hard not to when he makes comments such as, we're not saying you can't place wreaths, but you cannot blanket it like that. That's like carpet bombing. That looks like it's a Christian gang sign that you're creating territory that is a Christian territory. The leader of a nonprofit that claims to protect military members, religious freedoms, said wreaths laid on tombstones of veterans whose families haven't consented are Christian gain signs. Weinstein's organization issued a November 22nd statement attacking wreaths across America, which has placed wreaths at veteran cemeteries for nearly 30 years without any complaint. On December 18th, the graves of all veterans in our country's 155 national cemeteries and numerous other locations where American veterans are buried will be indiscriminately decorated with Christmas wreaths by the organization Wreaths Across America, and they call them veteran wreaths. The grave sites of Christians and non-Christians alike will be adorned with this hijacked from paganism symbol of Christianity, he says, circular and made of evergreen to symbolize everlasting life through Jesus Christ, whether the families of the deceased veterans like it or not. These are all bold-faced lies. Weinstein also said, our view is that you want to put a Christmas wreath on a veteran's grave. That's fine. Well, he just said it wasn't a second ago. But then you must first request that, or you make sure that, in this case, Wreaths Across America has absolute empirical and express approval to do it, end quote. What Weinstein fails to understand or at least acknowledge is that Wreaths Across America has had a policy against laying wreaths at graves marked with the Jewish Star of David since the group started in 1992. Furthermore, 
Lutheran cross, Russian Orthodox cross, cross and crown, Fist Church of Christ scientists, and Presbyterian cross recently were all added. And these petitions were made to include new religious symbols such as the pentagram from Wiccan beliefs and the hammer of Thor for the heathen religions. There are at least five identified Wiccans buried in Arlington, some of whom, including Private Abe Kuman, requested that the symbol be added once it was approved as he died five years before it was allowed. The addition of a religious emblem is a personal choice and is not required at all. By default, military-issued headstones list the names of the deceased, the years of the birth and death, and branch of service. Families may request at the government's expense military grade, rank of rate, war service such as World War II, months and days of birth and death, and an emblem reflecting one's beliefs. Valor awards received and the Purple Heart, not all headstones bear a religious emblem. I know this because, first, this is straight from the VA administration. Secondly, I have coined many headstones or brought tokens of remembrance, and not once did I have to gain approval from the families. Why? The practice of leaving flowers at graves began thousands of years ago when the ancient Greeks would honor fallen warriors whose spirits still wandered around their gravesite. They believed that if the followers rooted into the or the flowers rooted into the ground and grew from the gravesite, it was a sign that the fallen had found peace. I don't know. That sounds fairly heathenistic to me. Maybe we should stop allowing mothers and fathers and friends from leaving flowers at gravesites as well. Well, I also mentioned coining, right? A coin left on a headstone or at the gravesite is meant as a message to the deceased soldier's family that someone else has visited the grave to pay respect and homage. Leaving a penny at the grave means simply that you visited. Leaving a nickel indicates that you and the deceased trained at boot camp together. Leaving a dime means you served together in some capacity. Leaving a quarter at the grave, you are telling the family that you were with the soldier when they were killed. Some Vietnam veterans would leave coins as a down payment to buy their fallen comrades a beer or play a hand of cards when they would finally be reunited. The tradition of leaving coins on the headstones of military men and women can be traced as far back as the Roman Empire. Reunited in heaven? That may not be Christianity. It might mean Valhalla. In the Great Halls with Odin. Okay, Mike, you're clear. We might be okay since it's only those heathenistic Nordic traditions we're talking about. But Mikey, there is only one snag. Our currency and coinage is emblazoned with the words, in God we trust. Adorned on all denominations. Damn my eyes, man. Load the long guns. Trim the sails. Mike is going after the U.S. Treasury next. Damn the torpedoes. I guess you could donate all of your extraordinary large salary to the fallen members you claim to care so much about. No, I didn't think so. I guess your standards only fall on those who are dead and the families that remain to honor them. The executive director of Reefs, Karen Worcester, said Reefs across America has never been asked not to place Reefs for veterans of other non-Christian faiths such as Islam. She then added that they have never placed those wreaths unless asked by families to do so. Of course, Mikey and his organization didn't stop there if this was only about the wreaths. I could understand his concern and almost admire his efforts, 
Although I vehemently disagree, I could at least understand. But of course, this is what it's always about, money. Another gem of a human, Chris Rada, was quoted as saying, he's a member of the organization, according to their latest available tax return, the Worcester's nonprofit Reese Across America took in nearly $25 million in donations in 2019 and then paid nearly $17 million of that to their for-profit wreath company to produce the wreaths. Rhoda wrote this. Worcester defended her nonprofit's finances. Quote, the wreaths have to be made. That's that. And for many longstanding years, there is a request for proposal process which I happen to have for you tonight. This states everything and backs up these claims. In other words, Miss Worcester bids out the jobs and several companies vie for the contract. Her 990 form is right here and is accessible, backing up all of these claims, and you can see it on my site. And if you want to be really honest about this, maybe, just maybe, we should look into Mikey's salary and who settles on his compensation. Weinstein has come under criticism for his salary and practice of voting on his own compensation as he is one of the voting members of MRFF's three-member board. According to Weinstein, although he is a voting board member, he abstains from any votes on his own salary and has always done so. Well, Mikey, I guess your word has to be good enough for all of us, so pardon me if my listeners and I give Miss Worcester the same considerations, because I will stand by a woman who assists with remembering, recognizing, and honoring millions of fallen heroes each year. Volunteers are expected to put two million reefs on the graves on Saturday at more than 3,100 burial sites, including national and local veteran cemeteries, versus a man who has made a living targeting Christianity and waging war on people who spread the word of Christianity. Now, I'm going to be clear here. I am not a religious man. I do not attend church. I do not claim to know God, Allah, Buddha, or any other deity, or be a part of any organized religion. I am not here to defend Christianity, but I am here to defend wreaths across America. And once again, Christianity is in the crosshairs of an activist with little to do but attack organizations that actually do something productive. Mikey's entire resume reads like a mafia hit list full of activism and takedowns of targets he finds and singles out. Whether it be biblical quotes or personal opinion, he hides behind his lawyers and attacks like a ruthless shark, preying on the unsuspecting. From West Point coaches gathering in prayer and taking a knee, to hounding Twitter accounts, to turning in an officer and writing a letter to their CO about how they were illegally using her official government email to endorse and encourage participation in Operation Christmas Child. It's an annual charitable event created and led by Samaritans. Purse. I can go on and on, but now I have to Say this, I have to respect this man's service record. He has served under presidents and he served his country starting as an Air Force Academy cadet. I don't have a problem with this man's desire to protect religious freedom and keep the military free of forced conversion or indoctrination. But that isn't what he is doing. His sole purpose is to destroy people who serve God in their constitutional protected capacity by destroying their career or public image with abhorrent claims that are conjecture or laced in derision. And to be honest, it is a pot calling the kettle black situation. 
Military Religious Freedom Foundation Finances. That's the company he runs. And according to its 2020 IRS filings, Weinstein received a salary of $314,000 even. The organization only reported $700,000 in total revenue. Those same documents also showed that Weinstein reported working 105 hours a week, which amounts to 15 hours a day, seven days a week. If Weinstein works 105 hours a week, put me in a wig and call me Marilyn Monroe. And making 45% of your company's intake as salary is about above board as the Titanic. This is not in line with similar 501c3s and nonprofits. Otherwise, this guy is as full of refuse as a Christmas goose before the chopping block. What sealed the deal for me is to see who Mikey has working for him. And attitude always reflects leadership. In one response, retired Air Force Brigadier General Marty France, an MRFF advisory board member, asked if the veteran would be open to any decorations being put on his gravestone. Here's his quote. So would you be okay with me putting a little black ISIS or green Muslim flag on your grave? France said in an email posted on the foundation website, that's very open-minded. How about a menorah for Hanukkah? Maybe a Confederate flag from the Daughters of the Confederacy. May my dog leave a decoration? End quote. Now I have about had it with these reprehensible charlatans. Now I would take offense at having an ISIS flag on my tombstone because I am not a member of a terrorist organization that murders so-called infidels due to their failure to find Allah as their one true savior. Sounds familiar, doesn't it, boys? What do you call defaming and ruining people's careers who disagree with you? Is that financial terrorism? Maybe Mikey and his board of inept zealots want to align with ISIS. I promise you real Americans find this language abhorrent and juvenile. A green Muslim flag on my grave? Well, it isn't a green Muslim flag, is it? It's a green wreath with a red bow, you overinflated windbag. Nice comparison and contrast to something that isn't in the ballpark. Hell, it isn't even the same sport. How about the menorah? You are seriously comparing a sacred candelabra used in celebration of Hanukkah to be even remotely close to a non-denominational wreath used by more religion than those that don't. By the way, Judaism doesn't forbid the use of wreaths in secular or non-secular practices. In fact, Go to Amazon and see hundreds of examples of Christmas and Hanukkah novelties used by Jewish families all over the world. How about the flag from the Daughters of the Confederacy? Why didn't you simply make the claim about the KKK and the Iron Cross and let us all off the hook? If you boys want to create stage theater, then you are aiming too low. The Daughters of the Confederacy are about as relevant as your own organization. You know why? Because the daughters attempted to change the basis of the Civil War from slavery to a free labor and paid labor argument. They erected statues to Southern leaders who were supportive of slavery and the South's practices. In other words, they were revisionists of history and lied to garner sympathy. Sounds like you gentlemen took pages from their playbook. Last but not least, the final point you can claim to be a veteran all you want. You can claim to be an American. Hell, you can even claim to be the bastion of good and righteousness. But the moment you asked if your dog could defecate on a veteran's gravestone, this is where this conversation turns to a darker side indeed, my friends. I don't know where you went to basic training. 
I assume you went through War College and OCS. I was raised to respect my elders and officers of the law and military. I also have read the UCMJ several times, and although you may be retired and served honorably, some of us take that promise we made to our heart even long after our service has expired. For some of us, our oath never expires. Our honor and our duty are important parts of our lives, and we would never do anything to tarnish or stain our fellow servicemen and women by indulging in self-aggrandizing behavior and making statements with such disdain and contempt. I do not know what military you served in, sirs, but the only thing that has any relation to canine excrement around here are the words coming from you and the MRFF's ginormous traps. You should be ashamed at your feeble attempt to use veterans for your ulterior motives and feeble attempt to be a real organization of change. Maybe you should spend some time with Gold Star Mothers, Tunnels for Towers, the Gary Sinise Foundation, Flags of Valor, Operation Second Chance, Stop Soldier Suicide, the Purple Heart Foundation, just to name a few. I will be happy to introduce you to each of their organizations personally since I have worked or work with them currently. And while we do that, all of your board can look in their eyes and desecrate their fallen family their members, their supporters, and explain why you felt the need to even impose images of dogs crapping on soldiers' graves to earn points for your mockery of a veteran organization. These and hundreds of other organizations understand what it means to serve and continue to serve for the betterment of others. You morally depraved posers served in name only and never have or will understand what sacrifice really means. You are too busy patting each other on your backs as you continue to spew foul-smelling refuse that you just stepped in up to your knees. I will make it my personal mission to ensure every veteran organization I come in contact with hears about your claim to fame. The headline reads, In today's news, we try to uncover which Weinstein is a bigger scumbag, Harvey or Mikey. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching. It got a little bit of contentious and hot, but that's okay. That's what we do here. Please do me a favor, like, share, and subscribe. But first, Veteran Crisis Hotline is extremely important to me. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. Traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress, anxiety, and depression are all real. Help a veteran, especially during the holidays. It gets really hard this time of year. Have a conversation. If you can't do that, reach out to me. I'll make that call with you. Remember, it is 100% free, it's anonymous, and if you are not a veteran, you can call too. It is important. Help save our veterans' lives. They are our most important resource. Everybody, that's it for my show tonight. I will have this cut shortly for those on live. Hang tight. I'll be back with questions. Have a wonderful evening, and I will see you tomorrow for episode 269. Please like, share, and subscribe. God bless, and have a great night.